Back in the day in the 70s, we'd give blood so we could raise enough money to go to a race, whether it be at Darlington or Talladega or somewhere like that, and just fell in love with it. They call it the Lady in Black. Darlington Raceway, one of the oldest tracks in NASCAR, sits just outside its namesake, a town of less than 8,000 people. It's a place known by racing fans all over the country. One of those longtime fans is Danny Lockamy. Then a friend of mine got me deeply involved in Darlington about 1985. I covered NASCAR kind of on a regular basis all through the 90s, all the way till about 2004, 2005. Danny E. Lockamy is the official announcer for Darlington Raceway. In the beginning of his career, he balanced his announcing duties with work at his family's grocery store. I'd run the grocery store till about Saturday, leave there, drive to or fly to a race and cover the race and come back on Monday and get back to what I was doing. There's plenty special about Darlington to warrant that kind of commute. It's home to the Southern 500, one of the crown jewel races in NASCAR. It's been featured in major films. Tom Cruise sped through Darlington Raceway in Days of Thunder. But beyond the prestige, the track carries a lot of meaning to people like Danny and the people that call Darlington home. Discover South Carolina presents The Palmetto Porch, a podcast featuring the state's most charming places, some you may not have heard of. I'm Devin Whitmire. All season long, we'll hear locals share their unique experiences and passions and their perspectives on where they live. Lying just off the beaten path, these small town destinations are full of culture, fun, and adventure. When he wasn't out playing with his friends or donating enough blood to get him into a race, Danny's passion lived with the voices he heard on the radio. Charismatic DJs spinning beach music, the latest hits, getting people ready for the weekend, or keeping them going during the daily grind. No surprise if you've ever tuned in, but many of them had memorable names or a catchy signature. Some of them had flashy personas. Back then, before social media, you kind of had to. After all, to so many people, you were just a voice in their ears. A DJ had to give people something to make them remember who they were. Danny says he grew up listening to some of the greats. And I used to think, man, if I had a voice like that, maybe I might be able to do some radio. What has become your signature over time, would you say? I'm known all over the PD region and most of eastern North and South Carolina as the Carolina's part-time, party-time man. I mean, I do a lot of events at the beach. I do a lot of festivals. I host tons of festivals in the PD region. So basically, I kind of found the spot here in the PD area and then became who I am as Dan E. Lockamy. And, and it was a, there was a rhythm to that. Mm -hmm. And people think it's a radio name, but it's my real name. My middle initial is E. Yeah. Is Eugene. A name for radio. But let's backtrack to his other love, racing. I was, I was a member of the Boy Scouts, Troop, 7, Troop 765. And Darlington would let the Boy Scouts come to the races for free and sit on the back stretch, which is now the front stretch at Darlington. And, and the entire backstretch would be loaded with a sea of green and blue, Boy Scouts and Cub Scouts. 
And then my first ever Southern 500, now the cookout Southern 500 came in 1967. I got to go with my older brother who was in the Navy or he'd gotten out of the Navy and he let me go with them. And here I'm in the seventh grade and I feel like I'm an adult. And I remember going in the infield. Now that was a far cry from going to the uh, backstretch grandstands. I remember in 67, Dick Hutcherson and Sam McQuagg got together on the front stretch of Darlington Raceway, and that was one of the first times that I actually witnessed an entire crash and a car barrel rolling down the front stretch. That was the most amazing thing in the world to see. What makes this raceway special in the history of NASCAR? You know, in my mind, and I've been asked that a lot, the thing about Darlington and what makes it extremely special and first and foremost is the fact that it's been around since 1950. That means every NASCAR driver, everybody who's ever wanted to make it in NASCAR or who has made it in NASCAR had to come through Darlington first. To me, it's always been the ultimate validation for a competitor to be able to race at Darlington to be successful. And there are many race car drivers out there who've done that. And then they're the ones who've made history and have become legends. David Pearson, Cale Yarborough, Jeff Gordon, Jimmy Johnson. I mean, nowadays, you know, Kyle Busch, who's still racing, Kevin Harvick, who is now retired. All these people have made their name racing at Darlington. What's so interesting about Darlington? Why is it called the Lady in Black? The nickname comes from the color of the asphalt, but the idea behind its more foreboding imagery also lies in the track's difficulty. And the fact that it also is a very tough track because both ends are so different. One end is narrower than the other end. Turns one and two is a wide sweeping 25-degree banking, 24-degree banking, and three and four, very narrow and 25, 24, 26 degree banking. So you have to set up your car in a very different way to race the track, not so much as racing your competitors, because with a crew chief, it can be a nightmare, or it could play right into your hands if you can get that set up for turns one and two, because you're going to set up for one turn or the other. That's it. And then hope that the race will work itself out for the other end. So when you're racing in Darlington, the track is just as much your opponent as the other drivers. Why is the track like this? Don't quote me, but apparently it was built a certain way to preserve a nearby pond. The pond is still there, by the way. I love listening to Danny talk about racing in Darlington, or just racing in general. He makes it sound like a ballet, like the cars are dancing and the track is their partner. But as beloved and respected as Darlington Raceway is today, it did hit some hard times in years past. There have been times where the track was not kept up like it was supposed to financially. You know, keeping a track afoot and keeping it operating, you know, at tip-top condition can be a challenge. And we were actually at one time on the chopping block. With the expansion of NASCAR and the popularity of NASCAR and trying to go to other markets. And Darlington, unfortunately, because of budgets, things like that, I mean, you could throw all kind of things in the mix, was just not being upkept to the point where it needed to be. 
But with some changes in NASCAR leadership, things turned around. Changes were made to seating, there were updates to attract new races, new fans. But Danny says what makes Darlington special isn't anything new, but the little bits of classic racing that remain. Our garage area is as old school as you can get. These guys work heel to heel, or as I like to say, butt to butt in the garage. They're that close to each other. They don't have these kind of mini luxury stalls to be able to work on their cars. They're in there working in a, and I put in quotations, a garage. And that's one of the things I feel like gives Darlington its character. And that's where we've carved our niche. And that's the cool part, is the fact that history has played so well into Darlington and it's become a selling point for us. I love to say that we are the official throwback of NASCAR at Darlington Raceway. Nobody else can claim that. So you mentioned a little bit about how you got to be the announcer at Darlington. Can you tell us a little bit more about that story, about how your presence in Darlington Raceway came about? Well, in 1994, I, you know, I was covering going to Daytona, going to some of the other tracks. Russell Branham, the PR director at Darlington Raceway at the time, super guy, came to me and they had a scheduling problem with one of their announcers in the booth. And back then we were on the other side of the track. That is the old start finish line, the old area, the old grandstands. And he asked me, could I come fill in for him on that one race? And I said, sure, I'd be glad to. And then one race led to another one. And then the next thing you know, I can remember thinking, I've been doing this for 10 years. <laughs> and that was in 2004. And then all of a sudden, I've been doing this for 20 years. So it's been a great ride since 1994 to be where I am. What a history. So there's a museum at the track too, right? What can visitors find there? Yeah, you know, If you go to the Darlington Raceway Stock Car Museum, you will find many of the cars that have raced and won at Darlington. You'll see a tremendous amount of photography, a lot of photos defining the history of Darlington Raceway. Cars from Jim Smith from back in the day, who won 1959, his 1959 Chevrolet. The number 11 car driven by Cale Yarborough, the Bush car back in the day. There's so many different cars in there. Junior Johnson's car, the cars that ran in the 50s, Herb Thomas, all these great guys. And also in the museum, along with the photography and these great classic race cars, is the National Motorsports Press Association, the NMPA, which I'm proud to be a member of, where if you go in there, you press these buttons and you get a history of many of the drivers who have been inducted into the National Motorsports Press Association. So it's two museums, if you will, in one. And so it's a great little place to go. I always say it's, it's probably one of the best kept secrets in the PD area. Most other NASCAR venues are near major cities. Think Daytona. But Darlington? With a population of less than 8,000, it's pretty small. What's it like to have a major racing destination in a small town? You know, it plays into our hands pretty cool. Darlington is very grateful to have a track like Darlington Raceway 
And you can see it in the fans. You can see it in the citizens of Darlington. They embrace it downtown with uh, banners all over town. When the race comes, we have events leading up to it. Darlington benefits greatly from having Darlington Raceway right there. There are other things to enjoy at the track. We talked about the museum, but there are live shows, concerts, and even educational activities that happen there every year. Before we took off, Danny expressed how much his time at Darlington has meant to him and how he loves sharing his love for the track with everyone. You know, and it's a great way to bring the kids. I always say, if you bring a kid to Darlington Raceway to the Southern 500 or any race at Darlington, young people will love Darlington. You can experience Darlington in so many different ways. Darlington is the best place in the world to go. You know, I tell everybody, if you're going to experience a race, experience it at Darlington Raceway first. Yeah, we have a lot of big ones. I mean, we got Talladega, we got Daytona, you got Texas, you got all these big tracks too. But come to Darlington, you'll get the history, you'll get a race that's big enough and encompassing enough that you will fall in love with it. Darlington Raceway is South Carolina's only professional sporting venue. With how many popular college football teams we have, it sounds surreal to say that, but it's true. I've never attended a race in Darlington, but now that I've learned so much about racing, I feel like I should make time for it. I can only imagine how exciting it must be during a race or any event really. And with so much homage to racing history in one place, Fans and non-fans alike can find something to be thrilled about. That's it for this episode of the Palmetto Porch. Thank you to our guest, Danny Lockamy. Y'all, if you like what you heard, share it with a friend and leave us a review on your platform of choice. It really helps us to get the word out about our show. And to learn more about Darlington or any of the places that you've heard on the porch, visit scpalmettoporch.com. The Palmetto Porch is produced by Discover South Carolina in partnership with Pod People. Special thanks to our production team at Pod People, Samantha Durgy, Michael Aquino, and Kim Wong. We'll see you next time. Take care, y'all.